Sometimes life feels out of our control. We get stuck in trauma, old patterns, and change feels out of reach. Sometimes it feels like fate. We want to help you break out of old, unhelpful patterns and become healthier. We're fate resilience, taking control of the outcome. With licensed therapists, Jennifer Oxford, Taylor Madsen, Haley Mayer. So today we're continuing on boundaries and we're going to talk about freedom and responsibility and how those tie into trust building. So if you were to imagine a graph, one uh, side of the graph, the y-axis, the up and down would be responsibility, the ability to respond well. And the x-axis, the line on the bottom would be freedom, the, the space, the ability to make a choice, not the absence of consequence, but the ability to make a choice. So trust doesn't go both ways. Uh, so for example, uh, I would uh, go into an emergency room or go into the doctor when I'm sick and, and naturally there's trust there. Uh, they probably wouldn't trust me with the keys to the medicine cabinet though, because they don't know me. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, well, there's trust there because you've had a good relationship with them because you haven't had any negative one. I right. think that's a really- Another good... person might not go in with that same level of trust. There yeah. might be a really healthy mistrust with doctors. Likewise, or a I've medical had trauma, negative like experience with police officers, but other people for really good reasons would not have good mm -hmm. reason to trust police officers. Yeah. Um, so that would just be, so if, uh, my wife trusts me to drive. I don't trust my kids to drive. They're <laughs> not old enough. Uh, and they trust me to drive. So does it go both ways? Um, uh, so um, it, it comes in, that's a lot of ums. Trust builds slowly. Um, you, one person get, go ahead, Jen. Well, I was going to say, and it builds with the relationship between the two things we're talking about, between the freedom and the responsibility. So a lot of people think trust is uh, the freedom. I just have all this freedom, all this freedom. And I, I guess because of all our years working with teenagers, I guess that's where I come in to think that's what most people start with is I want the freedom to make a choice. Why don't you trust me with this freedom? Mm -hmm. And and what we need to understand is there's a measured, there's tension between freedom and responsibility. So we give freedom when we've seen responsibility and we've seen consistent responsibility, more freedom is given. And what people don't know is it's actually innately a desire to be able to trust another person. Everyone feels safer if we can trust our kids, our other parents, other our spouse, that actually feels really good. And it's way less stressful if we can trust, mm -hmm. but it's not a yes or no experience. It's a, as we experience more um, responsibility in the relationship with the freedom they do have, then we start to say, oh, what it, I think they can handle a little more freedom. And that, and as they show with that freedom, I'm still being responsible, that grows. And it grows in a gradual way, like Taylor's talking about. It's also good to notice that, like, trust, you hear mentioning with teens, because I feel like this is a topic that we have definitely discussed a lot with the teens we know personally or the teens that we have worked with and we've worked with many and the same with also spouses and things like that. Often I hear the phrase, you should trust me, right? Um, trust is not owed. So that's a good thing to also just bring up in the beginning. And we'll kind of talk about why trust wouldn't be owed and things like that later on, but just point blank, trust is never owed just because you know someone, just because you like them, just because they've been thus far trustworthy 
you don't, they, you don't owe them anything of with trusting. I'm not saying like never trust anyone, no matter what. Right. But if you even have just a gut reaction of, even though it's telling me that, like, I'm not seeing anything outright that I shouldn't trust the fact that I just don't feel like I trust you. That's good enough for me. Right. So just making sure with that response, with it comes to trust, we don't need to try to reason with ourselves of why we have to just trust someone or owe it to them. Um, there could be a variety of reasons why in the end, trusting that person is not in our better judgment, um, or it, it feels good with our gut. So, yeah. Well, and I like that idea. And one of the things we don't realize is sometimes we feel like if someone doesn't trust me, that's a personal attack. Right. So I think of a situation um, when my husband and I first got married, he did the finances. I was fine with that. I was like, go ahead and budget. I have no desire to do that. Um, Giving up control like in previous episodes. Right. And later, um, like I felt like I was getting some questioning on whether I could handle things financially. And it wasn't it wasn't a matter of I couldn't. So it wasn't a matter. Oh, my gosh he doesn't trust me it's that he had not seen me in that responsibility and so when we could have the conversation and see the responsibility and have the discussion of no i understand that and i can take on that responsibility trust followed very quickly so we go back to that some people think this is very personal that you'll trust me if you love me or if you Mm -hmm. like me or if i have the right hairstyle or whatever that is right skin color (laughs) or a piece of candy at a park right and and there are appearances that make people seem more trustworthy than than they are for those of you that have seen me or seen my picture i still look like a teenager most days and so i could slough in high school and because i looked like i was eight when i was in high school and walked with purpose, I never got caught sloughing. Everyone just assumed that I was doing something that I should be. And my friends got caught all the time when they tried to ditch class. Mm-hmm. So that would be a misuse of trust. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> Huge abuse of trust. But, but yeah. this idea that that responsibility is how we get there, is how we get more freedom is a really important thing to understand. It's not that people don't trust me. It's that I haven't demonstrated that responsibility in this situation or with this person yet Mm -hmm. what word how do we want to i mean trust and boundaries right what what's the correlation guys what does that mean yeah so um boundaries are going to be very dependent on responsibility right so you depending on how much space we give another person or those groups of people like we were talking in the last episode the uh, subsystems we're going to give varying degrees of freedom And then there are going to be hard lines where those freedoms don't extend beyond a certain point. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and I like that we're talking about this because think about the idea, right. Um, And we'll post a graph when we do this so that we can kind of get that image up there. But this is really important as you visualize this, that with a boundary, my boundary with a person is specifically related to how much responsibility they've taken in that relationship. That's a healthy way to create a boundary. So for example, I refer clients sometimes to Taylor or Taylor. That's Taylor. Hashtag Taylor. It's our couple Taylor. name. That's Taylor. So <laughs> I don't know. To Taylor and Haley. And people are like, are you sure? 
And because I've seen them as therapists and I've seen them take responsibility and I see that I have a lot of trust in them. Right. And so, but that, that doesn't automatically transfer to other people. What I'm doing is I'm saying, go, go try out, see their responsibility. I've seen them do well in this responsibility. And so, but I cannot just hand my trust over. I can't unlock it from my brain and just say, here, you now have as much trust as I do in them. What you can say is I, if, if I trust Jen and Jen says they're trustworthy, there's a responsibility correlation that goes on there. Yeah, or some people, mm-hmm. because they they trust me uh, with what we've worked on so far, they'll want to trust me in another area and work on that area in therapy. Like, you know what? I'm just not great at that. I'd really rather you work with this other person that is much better than I am because I am incredibly average to below average at working on that. So I really love working with you, but go work with this person on that issue. Do you know what I love what you guys just said too, is this idea that like trust, you're not telling them they have to trust. You're saying, okay, here's my recommendation with it, but your trust is your own, right? Like totally up to you. You're not saying because I trust them, therefore you have to copy and paste that trust onto yourself. And unfortunately, a lot of, um, people I've worked with family members, things like that, if they see something they like of mine copy and paste it on top, but then they recognize it doesn't work hundred percent for them because they're different people and different things speak to them. So with you, like with this recommendation of like, okay, Jen's got a client or someone that she knows could be a friend. And they're like, I trust you, Jennifer. What, who should I go see Haley and Taylor? And they're not like, whatever you say, right? Some people say that, but in the end, I mean, I've had people who you've recommended to come see me and they're like, oh, she doesn't take my insurance. She doesn't do this. And they're able to look at it for themselves, right? Mm-hmm. And that's them still having trust and autonomy really work well together. And that's where therapy trauma happens is a therapist will trust a client, a, a spouse, a, a teenager, whatever you want, the system that they're working with. And because another person in the couple or the family doesn't trust that person, the therapist will say, no, I trust them. This is really your hangup. So you got to trust them too and get over it. And then it turns out that that person didn't trust them for a reason and their gut was right. Mm-hmm. And so it creates this mistrust and trauma in therapy. And so it's really important yeah. that therapists aren't doing like you were saying, and they're just like, hey, you know, go give it a try because I've had a good experience. Let's see how it is for you rather than, hey, you need to trust them because I do. Just blind trust, right? Because yeah. that's that's where the autonomy aspect comes in. Trust is something that, we earn for ourselves. Like, even if I'm trying to trust Taylor, I'm earning that trust for Taylor myself. Like I'm the one doing the work to decide what's going to be trustworthy for Taylor. Taylor's just going to present himself as he is. And that's where these boundary components work is that it's in my own court, right? Taylor can present himself as a person. He, his job is really not to try to like, you know, astound me with all of his trustworthy skills. He's supposed to present himself as an authentic individual. I then have to do the work of deciding, is this something that connects with me? Is it, is it not? Autonomy is the ability to act for myself, to believe for myself. We need to be able to have that when we're working on trust, because then it's not really trust when we're just copying, pasting someone else's opinion and view and trying to make it our own. That's more just about like going along with it. That's not actual genuine trust most of the time. 
So it's worth noticing this, one of the things that I um, am becoming aware of too, is that just because we're capable of being responsible for things doesn't mean we should. So this type of boundary, right, is my personal boundary. So we talked about earlier, like if I'm capable of helping in a situation, that doesn't mean I should help every time. Or if I helped once, it doesn't mean I should continue. So say someone had a really bad day and I was there and I had the bandwidth and they I could be supportive to them. And then the next time they have a really bad day, they call me up and they say, I have a problem. And I might say, I don't have time right now. And they might say, I thought I could trust you. And here's the thing is, is that you are now putting me into obligation that now it is my responsibility to take on your stuff and mine. And, and here's what happens. Sometimes people do that. These are the rescuers. These are the people that start to neglect themselves. Right. But what I've experienced in overcoming um, that level of being a pleaser is saying, if I take on responsibility for your stuff, I have to acknowledge that I'm giving up responsibility for my stuff. Mm -hmm. And so while you might find me more trustworthy and you might say, oh my gosh, Jen's the best person in the whole world. Other people in my life are going to be like, why do you keep not living up to your responsibilities, including my relationship with self? And so when we ask about, when we talk about responsibility and trust, trust is not just because you can do something, you do it. Trust is that balance between what's mine, right? The ownership of what's mine and, and how am I meeting those responsibilities? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes complete sense. Yeah. How often do we trust ourselves? Are there areas we don't trust ourselves? Um, Eating. Have, yeah. If there's ice cream in the house. I'm like, I have every good intention, but I know for a fact at least for me, I know this isn't for everyone. Some people have great trust in themselves. I have trust in myself that overall, I'm going to be a healthy individual. However, if someone, hearkening back from earlier sessions of this podcast, if someone brings really nice pastries into the office. You have excellent taste in pastries. I do because I know what's what. But if someone brings that, I I can have all the best intentions. I could pack myself my salad for the day. I'll still eat the salad, but I'll also eat five cronuts that are coming into the office. Okay. So, and this is from real life examples. Okay. And so it's one of those, this is, hypothetical. <laughs> this is no hypothetical. This is a hundred percent. How many hypothetical. hours has it been since your last cronut Haley? Uh, it's been a week. Okay. So, You're yeah, a week so sober. Good. Okay. I did it on Friday because it was national donut day and I needed a bougie kind of thing to do. And everyone in the office was supposed to be in, but no one came in. So it was me with these beautiful donuts. I gave one to a client and the rest ended up with myself. What's so. that really good pastry place you like? Gourmandise. If Gourmandise wanted to sponsor this podcast, it would be okay. They could also sponsor my life. Oh my gosh. I would, I would wear their, their t-shirts every day of my life. It would be a thing. But it's, it's one of those things where we have to develop that trust in ourselves. Um, example for me, mindfulness. I have not trusted myself to be the most mindful individual. I can practice principles, but I have a really hard time being a mindful individual as a whole. And it was something that I, you know, I was talking about, I, I went to a class up at University of Utah that was focused, it's MBSR, mindfulness-based stress reduction. And it was amazing. and Honestly, that helped me hone in my trust because I'm trying to teach people how to be mindful. But if I don't trust myself with it, I honestly know that that's not an area I was excelling in with trying to teach people. I did a pretty darn good job, 
but I know I can be a lot more effective when I trust myself with that actual topic. So with what we're talking about with relationships, talking about with our interactions with friends, romantic, whatever it is, part of that work needs to come from our internal self, because if we don't see that within ourselves, we're not going to be able to trust it within the people around us either. Well, and I want to tie this into to trauma work, right? I love boundaries, but I want to just put this caveat on there. If there's something that you are finding that you're constantly self-sabotaging with, right? Like this is my goal, this I'm trying to be responsible and I am just failing. That is actually a sign of you have some wounded parts or some trauma that needs to be worked through. It's not a matter of quote unquote, you're not trustworthy. It, you aren't taking the responsibility for it, but that might be because of a traumatic experience. And so as we do look at this and we look at ways that we're saying, you know what, I keep, I keep, you know, some people keep not paying their bills or they keep, you know, dating the wrong people or they keep, you know, eating cronuts more than five once a week They're, you know, they're out there doing that and they're saying, gosh, but I have this goal that I want to do something different. It's really important to understand that when we self-sabotage consciously, but mostly unconsciously that comes from unresolved trauma work that we need to do. And so boundaries and a lack of boundaries and, and or too rigid boundaries, all the different types of boundaries, if it's not working well and you're like, rationally, I know the problem, but I can't seem to fix it. That is a time when you definitely want to go in and do some good work around it. If you're waving at your boundary you want or your value as it goes by out the window and you're doing what looks good and feels good instead, you have an emotional wound or trauma. Mm -hmm. Welcome to being human. Well, and can I just add too that a lot of people who have significant childhood trauma, they they had no freedom and they were held at absolute responsibility, which is an impossible experience. And so they they tend to really struggle with figuring out how to balance freedom and responsibility because they only got freedom when they behaved in a way that was traumatic for them or engaged in something that was traumatic for them. So, so there can be a lot of things around trust when people say, I have a hard time trusting people. Well, sure you do, but that's not something you have to live your life doing. And it's often not something that people want to work on when they struggle trusting because it feels protective. Mm -hmm. uh, well, and I think even acknowledging that in some of that parts work is that often that protective part is trying to keep a part of you that has experienced wounding safe. And so that's why we've talked about different types of trauma work that actually address those parts versus just rational thinking, which isn't the same thing as trauma work. Mm -hmm. Now, speaking of, of trauma and emotional wounds, um, leading us to what looks good and feels good instead of uh, holding to our, our boundaries, not being responsible, not wanting to give other people the space to make choices and, and having trouble with trust. There's a couple poems that came up this week. Yeah. One was last week on Ted Lasso at the series finale. Loved Lasso. Uh, they F you up, your mom and dad. They may not mean to, but they do. They fill you with the faults they had and add some extra just for you. But they were effed up in their turn by fools in old style hats and coats who half the time were soppy stern and half at one another's throats. Man hands on misery to man. It deepens like a coastal shelf. Get out as early as you can and don't have any kids yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I 
And then the other one is cruel mothers are still mothers. They make us wars. They make us revolution. They teach us the truth early. Mothers are humans who sometimes give birth to their pain instead of children. And I would say that's, you know, you could replace mothers with fathers. Yeah. Well, and as you think about that, I love that compassion coming in to recognize these intergenerational wounds that around trust um, and the deeply rooted experiences of how family members, those systems that we talked about in our last episode, how do they function with freedom and responsibility, right? Coming back to that trust um, experiences that if you saw there was a struggle between freedom and responsibility in those um, origin places that you have, you're probably going to struggle with it too. Sometimes it will be the exact opposite. Some people swing to the other side of the spectrum, but some people just continue to struggle to understand why, why it happened in my life and why it doesn't work for me. Thanks for listening. You can find us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Please feel free to rate, subscribe, and review. And if you want to find us on social media, we're on Instagram and Facebook at Fate Resilience. We'd love to hear from you.